0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob. Not in the lounge, on location, staring at the Ouija board. Uh, tonight's guest is his second appearance. Um, I guess originally, um, I would introduce him as the next-door neighbor down the street who was the first musician that I ever encountered on a school bus on the Yellow Cheese. He's a, a drummer in the area of bands such as K-Floor, Pawn Shop, Roses, Dead Flowers, Pepper's Ghost. And most recently, he got a really cool gig being the drummer for Rusted Root, um, who you, everybody knows Rusted Root from the early 90s. I believe it was 1994 when uh, Send Me On My Way became a hit. He uh, reached out to me. He's like, Bob, I want to come back on the Bobcast. I'm super excited to be in his home right now. Zill, how you doing? Doing well. Glad to be back. So before we get into the gist of this podcast, last night you saw Guns N' Roses, right? So I, I'm a huge Guns N' Roses fan. Um, I had User Illusion one and two the day it came out. I mean, I had the shirts. I couldn't understand the cover. Is it Jesus? Is he breakdancing? What's going on? Did, did you get it at
1: midnight? It I came, did get it. it, at mid- it I out.
0: got no. You know what? I, I think I, I I did like the special order thing at okay. Sam Goody. You know, and Sam Goody in the Plymouth Meeting Mall still looks the same way that it did then. When I see those like weird like tiled walls, but like. Guns N' Roses, you know, I was a huge fan, of them and then they just dropped off, and then all of a sudden, I guess last year, they start doing the, what is it, Not In This Lifetime tour? hmm So last night, uh, you got a chance to check them out live. Is this the first time you saw them live?
1: No, I saw them uh, the first time during the Use Your Illusion tour. Oh, you're lucky. Yes, and I waited and waited and waited. It was during that time when uh. Axl uh, wouldn't go on until his voice was ready. Yeah. Whatever that. How means. long did you
0: wait for it back in the? I uh, he,
1: I think it was with Soundgarden. If I remember correctly, they were the openers. They went on on time. Watched them. They were amazing. Mm-hmm. This and is it, bad, Motorfinger. Then right? yeah, or, this uh-huh. isn't super unknown yet, right? No. Okay. And uh, which was cool because like, I got introduced to Soundgarden, but they got done, and then I think we waited at least two hours before. <laughs> and what was the crowd? What was like? You know, like. Well, I mean. Guns N' Roses was so big, people would put up people with that. People would put up with it, right? Like, and that's just insane. And then, you know, I was a teenager. I wasn't leaving or anything. Yeah. Like yeah. I just, it was, you know, it took everything to get there. <laughs> Where was it at? Uh, it was at the Spectrum. Oh, wow. I missed the Spectrum, by the way, on a tangent yeah. note. I
0: mean, that was probably my favorite place to see a show. The sound, that circle sound, you know, like mm-hmm. that enveloping filter. Yeah. But yeah, Guns N' Roses last night. What's the difference between Guns N' Roses last night and Guns N' Roses of the 90s besides... The obvious, uh, you know, well, um, Axel's weight gain or, you know what I mean, whatever's <laughs> going on. He actually I mean,
1: didn't look too bad. Uh, he looked all right? He looked like he might have lost a few pounds. running around. They've yeah. been
0: on tour for how long now? Like, what, like two years straight? It's,
1: yeah, it's been a while. But, um, yeah, we were there on time. Uh, our ticket said 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, we walked in the door. Uh, maybe we were there at 8.04. Mm-hmm. And they were already playing. And people were saying that they had been playing since quarter of eight. So, you know, ticket says eight o'clock. They go on at 745.
0: I guess this is Axel's way of retribution, I guess, in a way.
1: Of being I think like, he just wants to go to bed. Yeah, he wants to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so there were no riots, but I blame that on the age of the audience. No opening band? No opening band. It was a night with, you know. Oh, it
0: says a night with. Okay. So, so yeah, they, they obviously they probably couldn't have an opening band with their stage set up, right? like
1: and that long of a show they played you mm-hmm. know three and a half hours so it would go over the uh the curfew
0: how many times did he leave the stage to go into his tent of you know tic-tacs and towels um, or whatever he does back then? just
1: just about just about every guitar solo he would run off the stage somewhere does he
0: come back out in a costume change each time or is he, it uh, like... a lot
1: of hat changes he doesn't he doesn't go out <laughs> without his head covered so is he, is
0: he balding now or like what's going on there
1: I don't know. He never. Do you remember <laughs> when
0: he had the dreadlocks or whatever it is? Where, like yeah, the, the cornrows. The, the cornrow locks or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Like, bizarre.
1: Yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know if he's covering something up. or I mean, he looked cool. And mm-hmm. he came out a lot of different hats and a couple different T-shirts. He had on his uh, flannel around his waist. Mm-hmm. So there was a couple different flannels that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard Duff was awesome, though. I mean,
0: Duff, He's. I think he's the one musician from the band that actually like got better in a way like i heard he got
1: better i think he probably looks better too he looks (laughs) better he's in better shape he's
0: clean sober now i think for a couple years or something like that but yeah he he has like a he does not have a podcast but he does have a blog that occasionally i read that he posts in the seattle times or something like that Mm -hmm. but um what else about them what else stood out to you
1: um slash is still killing it um
0: do you have a shirt off (laughs) <laughs> no, no, shirt stayed on I mean, it wasn't
1: much of a shirt His its sleeves are cut off it, and everything. Now,
0: who's the drummer, though, for that band? Because I'm confused I, as to You know,
1: they were saying his name last night mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't catching it, though
0: It's Slash's drummer from that version of Guns N' Roses, though, right? Is it?
1: I, I don't know I don't know the history yeah. of it um, But no more
0: Sorum, no more um, What's his name? Dad Brain the
1: original drummer Steven Adler yeah Steven Adler I would love to see
0: them I know. bring That's, him back I would love that I mean I, I watched him when he was on that VH1 show when he was all messed up but
1: yeah.
0: like something about the way he plays the drums this yeah. is such a weird st- I, don't, I, I don't know how to describe it really it's like a mm-hmm. he knows the cymbals I, well. and,
1: and it's this his swing I think that really made that yeah. that first album mm-hmm. anytime I hear anyone else play I mean Matt Storm is a great great drummer mm-hmm. and I've, I've definitely stolen a lot from him in my playing but um even with with him playing, sometimes it was too like straight. It didn't yeah. have the swing that Steve mm-hmm. had. So it's like that magic of appetite for destruction I think is missing it's him missing, yeah. when he's not playing drums.
0: I guess they just the, the insurance companies probably just wouldn't allow it maybe in a way. They were like, No, we can't we can't, you know, risk it. You're gonna have yeah. to get somebody that's solid. You I'm know? not
1: sure if you can do a three and a half hour set. Probably not. Yeah. I
0: don't I don't even I I guess I could play three and a half. I used to play like and yeah I think I did three hour sets with the Harvest but that, that's hard work man yeah well, You're tired, I mean, he's, you know, yeah, he had a
1: stroke yeah. so I don't even know if his you know his arms can work that long yeah. before they start giving out
0: but. well thank god Axel's still doing it you know uh, I, I, I want to hear a new album I don't want to hear the Chinese democracy I want to hear the new guns I, apparently they are recording right like okay so, I mean, that would be interesting if, like, you know, all of a sudden they dropped it, but it could be, you know, what, another 10 years or something? <laughs> it could like, be. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I was excited. We were trying to do the podcast last night, but he uh, still said he was going to see Guns and Roses. I was like, please, by all means, go. And was
1: it was at the Wells Fargo? It was. How was the sound? It was good. Yeah. It was good. Um, it was loud. Really, really loud. Yeah, it was yeah. loud. I was glad I had my earplugs, because... Um, I
0: go everywhere with earplugs. I will never <laughs> leave home without them, though. Yeah, because I... <laughs> People are like, there's something something in your ear i'm like it's fine yeah i just can't hear no more. it's actually
1: painful for me at this point yeah my life my left
0: ear's shot yeah like i just can't do it no more yeah but um i saw arcade fire there i guess two and a half weeks ago and they set up in the middle which was really cool i never saw a band do that uh, in the the round round. and that was just an amazing like that venue sounded at its best like that i mean i saw black keys there Years ago, and it was probably the worst sound I've ever seen at a concert. Oh, really? Patrick Carney's drums sounded like he was hitting like cardboard boxes up there. It was like nothing, mm. nothing mic'd. But um, so, Zilcast the sequel part two. So, the last time you appeared on the show was episode 108, which I believe was probably two summers ago. It uh, was the first time I did a podcast with Walt, and then uh, you, you listened to the podcast, and then you came on my show. We talked about the mythology of all the bands that you're in and i guess it was right around that time where rusted root asked to join for you to join the band yeah it was
1: probably uh, a couple months after that um <clears throat> it was pretty crazy i mean to go back a little bit i had uh auditioned for rusted root a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and um it just the timing wasn't right but i felt like the audition went really well um this this here or in Pittsburgh? It was, it was in Philly. Okay. And uh, they were actually on tour, and they just kind of squeezed me in, I think, just to kind of to uh, shut me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sure, all right, come on, kid. Yeah, you can yeah. come play. So, um, but it seemed like it went really well, and, uh, you know, just the way the circumstances worked out, it, it just wasn't, the timing wasn't right. Mm-hmm. But I always felt like, you know, if if the opportunity presented itself, mm-hmm. I kind of had my foot in the door. And that's kind of what happened. Uh, they called me mid tour, um, and their drummer had to leave mm-hmm. the tour. And they called me if, if and asked if I would come in and and fill in to finish the tour that they had booked. I said, "Well, yeah, sure. That sounds great." Yeah. And I was like, "When you know when you need me?" And they're like, "Yeah, in like four days." So <laughs> how much like, How much music did you have to learn? The whole set. <laughs> yeah. In four I days. mean, I I had in in my memory bank, I had mm-hmm. a little bit from the audition, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, I still had to relearn all the songs. And yeah. It's not the most straight-ahead music, yeah, It's world
0: beat type music. Yeah, so it's, it's like really, it's not just a lot of percussion. Yeah, you know, a lot of, a lot of. It's stuff. not like you just sit in and play a one, four, five. At, yeah, I mean a lot, lot of stuff. You know, I mean, this is a lot of stuff a lot that, a
1: lot, that I, a lot of stuff that I play. It's um, if you can get into the song and it, or if, and if you can get out of the song, mm-hmm. then in the middle you're just keeping the beat. Yeah. But a lot of their songs have stops and starts and tempo changes and mm-hmm. and uh, all kinds of different, like you said, worldly. You know Latin beats and yeah, African a lot of beats and stuff like that, and uh, so there's a lot to learn. So I was literally in those four days uh, listening to all the tracks that they had sent me. I was charting them all out, mm-hmm. um, and then I was also packing up my life here in Philly, yeah, like right? packing my suitcase. They were renting me a car so I can me- uh, meet up with them in the Midwest. Oh wow! So a couple of those days were driving. So some of this stuff was overlapping. I was literally listening to the songs and driving and driving. And I had my charts set up next to me. And every Yeah, any time that I would stop, <laughs> yeah. I would you know chart a few things That's out. Cool. And um, you know, and just about the time I got there was when I stopped when I was done charting. <laughs> How
0: did you feel the first show? Uh,
1: I uh, I couldn't eat. <laughs> ner- yeah. I was so nervous. Where was the first show? Uh, it was in Austin.
0: Oh, okay. So you were playing the festival. T- was it was a South by South? No, it wasn't. Just it, down there? it was okay. just a,
1: a show that was on uh, on the, the tour that they were on mm-hmm. and it happened to be in Austin. Uh, live music capital of the world, of course, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't even have a practice or any rehearsal. I mean, we oh, I, wow. we had this. <laughs> I went there and we met for sound check, mm-hmm. and uh, we ran through the songs, mm-hmm. and that was it. I was like, okay, you're on. And tonight. they were cool with it. Public yeah, he
0: was like, let's do it.
1: Yeah, and that's what's up. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't uh, wasn't perfect. <laughs> Sometimes, and you can find some of that stuff on YouTube. <laughs> it's out there. I'll check. Yeah.
0: It out. So like. So then you like went on tour with them for how many dates?
1: So um, I did probably I guess two and a half months. Mm-hmm. I did two and a half months, two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. I, we were all through the uh, all through the Midwest, and then we went down south through Texas, and then came back up, um, and then actually finished the tour here in the East Coast. We had mm-hmm. a, a date in Philly, um, and I think it ended in Buffalo, New York, on New Year's. And uh, that was just gonna. That was the run that they had hired me for, you know. And I thought that was it. And uh, like, but a week-
0: secretly in the back of your mind, is the wheels like turning? You're like, I'm gonna be the drummer <laughs> of Rusted Root, or is it? Well, like you're I just, I didn't know. You're just happy to.
1: I didn't know. It mm-hmm. wasn't really um, talked about, and which is fine. Um, I was just there to do a job. Mm-hmm. My job was to, to play those dates and get the get the band through those dates. Mm-hmm. So I did the best I could with, with what I had. And um, you know, a couple of days after that tour had ended, I got an email asking if I would be the full-time guy. So you know, it, it turned out to be not only was I filling in, but it was also kind of a trial period yeah. for them, mm-hmm. you know, to see if I would if I would work out. Mm-hmm. Um, where you, you know, at
0: when you get this email? Is it on your phone?
1: Are you at the bus? Where, where <laughs> you at? Like, um, no, I, I was I was here. I was here, and I read it. And uh, I was super excited. Immediately were you like, boom, I'm taking this gig?
0: Or you yeah, had to well, like, suss it out in your mind because like you, you own a bus company. Yeah, you know, there's like a lot of stuff. So the kids a... need to ride the bus to school. Like, the still <laughs> yeah. don't around to fix the bus because he's yeah. over at rust root What's going to happen?
1: Yeah, there was, the, there was the one side of me it was like, yes. You yeah. know, like, and then there was the other side It was like, oh boy, yeah. you know, how am I going to do this? Yeah. Because at the time that we did that first tour, it was kind of a slow period. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I have slow periods during the year where we don't have as many buses out and it just so happened that that's when I was, you know, I could go out and I could do that yeah. but now some of these tours were going to fall on some of my busy times of year.
0: It also fell, you're the drummer of Pawn Shop Roses, Punch Shop was going to open up or did open up for Jealousy Curve and mm-hmm. you were out on tour, that must have been difficult because you guys, Punch Up have been playing for years, right? Yeah. So And that was a big show.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of the bummer of touring in general is that you miss a lot of stuff. You need a clone. Yeah. You need a clone. <laughs> um, I actually watched a lot of that show through the live stuff, through on Facebook, live yeah. feeds mm-hmm. um, that people were putting up on Facebook, and I was just like, ah, because that was that was a difficult show to miss because it was mm. you know all those bands and all my friends and yeah. not not only the people playing on stage but the people in the audience. Yeah, it was sold know. out too, right? Yes, yeah, sold Which is out.
0: Fantastic for local, yeah, you know, talent and stuff like that. And I was
1: actually stuck in. Um, we had done a show in mm-hmm. Lake Tahoe and uh we had three flights to get home and the first one got canceled oh, wow. so we missed the, the two flights after oh, wow. and it took like i think 26 hours or something straight to get home so i was just stuck in, i was stuck in a, a six hour layover at a, in an airport watching a show that mm-hmm. i wish that i was at you're home right playing. you could have been, at, been <laughs> at it right
0: it, i watched i, I couldn't go that and my son uh something happened i forget it he, multitude of things but i i didn't go that night i was exhausted i think i've been up for like maybe at least like 24 hours like with him but um yeah all those guys were great and i still think i mean i'll say it again here on the podcast you guys should do it again you know age is just a number jealousy curve if you're listening to this i'd like to see you play again you know like i, I couldn't see you guys then you're one of my favorite bands to check out live in philly and i hope right now you're at, you guys are actually secretly writing an album but when you're on tour with uh, rusted root one of my favorite places, uh, I was out on a couple tours, the Midwest. I love the Midwest. The play. Mm-hmm. What is it about the Midwest crowds? Why are they just so uh, intent attentive towards live music? Uh, they eat a lot of meat. You think that's what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that. Well, so wait, their heavy, heavy protein diet allows uh-huh. them to enjoy live music more than <laughs> others? Yeah, maybe
1: so, or maybe just enjoy life. I was in this others. place
0: called Rockford, Illinois. And you know what? Come to think of it, it was a street fair, and they were eating lots of meat. <laughs> yeah. There was, like, all sorts of shit, like, you know, like, on yeah. skewers. But um, I love the Midwest for music. I mean, I wish that the same, you know, eagerness and the same crowd participation would happen, you know, everywhere like yeah.
1: that. I mean, our catering altar, the Midwest, is basically ribs and yeah, right. know, pulled pork and
0: <laughs> every night. So, like, before a show, I mean, you really can't eat that, though, right? I mean, as a drummer, you can't be up there... <laughs> with like, uh, a, like a, a full yeah. rack in you right
1: like. <laughs> I'm learning that the hard way um, because sometimes <laughs> you're, sometimes you're just so hungry we've had shows uh, where something happened mm-hmm. with the catering and it doesn't arrive mm-hmm. until maybe a half hour before we go on oh yeah and you know some of the some of the Guys in the band, they're smart about it. They'll they'll yeah. get they'll get it boxed up for later. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people. Like if I'm hungry and the food's put out and it's hot, it's ready to go. I just scarf it down. But then I'm out on stage, just like burping. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fun I'm at so, all? Right? <laughs> I'm so glad I don't have to sing. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: I I can't imagine that either. But so you you get they give you the email. You decide at this moment, I, I have to take this
1: right. Yeah. I mean it's it's almost like I look at the gig with Rusted Root as a gig that I've been it's been it, it, everything that I've done has sort of led up to culmination this culmination towards it yeah I mean w- whether it be the the, uh, the stuff I studied at Lessons like I loved mm. I love learning Afro-Cuban beats yeah. and, and Latin beats and, Which and stuff is like that extremely difficult to plan. and I love that stuff and uh, you know one of my favorite drummers is Steve Gadd and you know, it's like mm-hmm. he, he does that stuff so effortlessly and But I've never really had many opportunities to play it. I mean, I got a little bit of that with K-Floor, but uh, a lot of the other bands that I play with, um, which I also love, straight-ahead rock and roll, but I haven't been able to apply all this stuff that I've that, learned. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just kind of seemed like, you know, after years of practicing it, performing it, and all that, and I finally got a band that I can yeah. actually do that stuff in.
0: Even, like, uh, the drumline stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, like... Yeah. There was something that just happened this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, it was an alumni, you told me, or something?
1: Yes. We, uh, about every five years, uh, Plymouth White Marsh, well, they have a cavalcade. The Plymouth White Marsh Marching Colonials have a cavalcade every mm-hmm. year. But every five years, um, they put together a, an alumni drum line. That's cool. And um, it's, it's kind of in memory of Keith Stimson, who was. Yeah, man. Who passed in uh, 87, I believe it was. So this was the 30 year anniversary. So a lot of the guys that he marched with in that drum line... They
0: never found out what happened with that, did they? No,
1: there is a whole story. I don't, I don't know the whole story yeah. straight, but um, I think they did find out who it was. But uh, in his memory, they um, a lot of the guys that he marched with mm-hmm. get together. And over the years, it's it's become more open to any class. That's cool. As long as you can still kind of like, mm-hmm. you know... If you're still upright and you can hold and carry yeah, you one of those drums, which every five years is getting was a uh, John hard. McNally there? No, he wasn't. You know yeah, John? I do. Yeah, yeah.
0: he plays. Uh, he was. I think he was in PW uh, drumming yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so all this practicing, all this like culmination, like towards that, like when is the first official gig of Rusty Root? Like when did you like this is my, my first gig? I'm the drummer now.
1: Oh, boy, um, well we. Uh, like I said, that last show that we had during that kind of trial period was actually New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And then we had most of January 2017 off. So um, without looking it up, I don't really know, but it was it was in February 2017. Okay, cool. I mean, the band plays a lot of shows, a lot of touring. All year round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I know it's kind of cliche to say, but... A lot of a lot of them do start to run together. You start to yeah kind of forget. Like, they really what,
0: do. What's that? You know, isn't we, it weird how some gigs stand out though? Like in your mind, like even not with Russell Root, but like all the gigs of all your bands. Yeah, like so many gigs where I just don't remember anything, and then like this one gig, like this one random memory just pops into your head. Yeah,
1: well, like uh, Michael Klebicki, the singer, he he remembers food a lot. Oh, his it's so, nice memories food. Yeah, and like, I remember
0: you, being here and eating this or something. If like you
1: that. if you like can bring up where he had dinner or uh-huh. something like that he can all of a sudden he remembers everything about the gig that's what's up <laughs> it's like, that's what's up yeah that's how he associates where he is I guess
0: yeah so I mean his um, songwriting style I mean yeah the world beat like all the different you know percussion like type I, actually you know what come to think of it I, I saw Rusted Root open for the Frother Fest for the Grateful Dead or something like uh, Frother Festival Was it called okay something <laughs> I saw them 1998. Okay. I completely, I completely forgot. <laughs> it was really hot. I remember it was like an all-day festival type thing. Okay. But I, I think it was like around 96, 97. Yeah. And um, there's so many people on stage. Is there yeah. st- there's still a lot of people in the band? Or?
1: No, not like there used to be. Um, right. So right now we're just, we're just touring with uh, Michael and, uh, and Liz. They're the original members. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, a bass player. Guitar player and me on drums. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So we're traveling as a five-piece. Much easier to get around. It is easier to get around. Um, You know, they were telling me, and you know, back in the day, they were they were touring with all kinds of semi trucks and like three or four different buses. Mm -hmm. So now we just use a bus, (laughs) (laughs) a bus and a trailer.
0: Plus, it keeps the cost down.
1: I mean, how, how many buses do you think
0: Guns N' Roses had last night?
1: I don't even know if their buses were there yet. I think last night was the first show of this run oh, was of, it really? of the tour. And I was looking for the buses. They had a bunch of semis because uh, the stage is huge. Yeah, it's a big stage. Um, but I, I'm wondering if – because usually the trucks and the buses are in the same spot at mm-hmm. Wells Fargo and they weren't there. And I'm wondering if the band they just probably, they flew in. They probably flew in, and maybe today they get the buses or something.
0: Something like that, yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, the I, I started following um, on social media when you became the drummer. I mean, and then I saw that you were going to play. I guess, in my opinion, probably the best venue in America is Red Rocks. Mm-hmm. So, will you find did you know you were playing Red Rocks like in advance, or is this one of the things that just popped up and you're like, oh my god? Yeah, you know, it was
1: one of those things where <laughs> I remember actually, Lindsay... Our tour manager, she gets um, she gets very excitable every yeah. once in a while. Mm-hmm. Usually she's all business, but every once in a while you'll just see her like on the side of the stage dancing with a big old smile. Yeah. And you're like, what's going on? And she's like, she's got the email. <laughs> she's like, we just booked Red Rocks, and it was um, it was a few months in advance. Mm-hmm. But I just remember how excited she was, and it kind of like made the rest of us excited. Um, it wasn't the first time that Rusty Root played there, but it was the first time that. A few of the guys that are in the current lineup of Rusty mm-hmm. were playing there, so we were all like, "Yeah, yeah jazz is it great. Up,
0: right? Does it sound as good as like you know everyone says?
1: It's it's incredible. I mean, just the know um, yeah, sounds great, and just the uh, how beautiful it is. It's, yeah, really. I mean, it's just breathtaking. I mean, so, so
0: for the Bobcast listeners, uh, you could Google it right now. But Red Rocks is, is basically it's an all natural venue. It's, uh, it's built, the, built right into the rocks. Are built into the rocks, mm-hmm. which is I don't know how they did it yeah and they're perfectly flat they go all the way across and the stage is um, you know just uh, it's in a valley right and like, mm-hmm. you can just see out through both sides right
1: you can see you can see like all of downtown Denver and, and everything and so how
0: far is Red Rocks from like downtown Like, how, is it on it's, its own out there like, yeah it's definitely okay. out on it's so own so it's a hike to get and it's, there right? and
1: it's higher altitude than Denver did you
0: uh, as your drummer feel that altitude <laughs> yeah definitely
1: really? yeah as I say it's breathtaking and there isn't a whole lot of breath up yeah, there yeah right um you know even just playing it's uh you just feel like you're out of shape you know really? i am out of shape but mm-hmm. when i'm there i really feel out of really? shape <laughs> you just you're walking around you're going Whew. i was following um,
0: <laughs> daru jones is uh do you know daru jones drummer he's he's like a brooklyn based drummer who does all sorts of uh gigs he was jack white's drummer at red rocks where it poured and rained during their set and i think jack broke his ankle there or something like that but daru um said to me he's like yeah i'll tell you bob was probably the best place i ever played though mm-hmm. you know so like when you're up there is the sound just like flowing around you or like i mean you were your monitors I guess, yeah like, i
1: mean you're you're kind of the sound's kind of controlled mm-hmm. on stage yeah so it, it isn't too much different that way um i don't really remember a whole bunch of that show because it turned out not to be the greatest of circumstances for what us happened? well um about well when we got there uh michael was kind of not feeling well and, oh, he was, wow. and he was having altitude sickness problems and he was doing everything that you're supposed to do to fight it yeah. he was he was drinking water like crazy and he was he was on the oxygen all day like he was yeah. just sucking on the oxygen
0: all day long he's feeling ill up until the showtime yeah. like i mean he,
1: the only time he wasn't drinking water or 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 have an oxygen mask on was during sound check and he's just backstage he's laying down he's taking it easy mm-hmm. um after a while there's there's a couple new songs that he was like i don't I don't really want to do these new songs because i'm, I'm actually having trouble remembering how to play them oh yeah we're, we're starting to go man something's Off. something's not right yeah. and um it just kind of kept getting worse and uh it got to the point where i was out watching the spin Doctors. we were doing a show with spin doctors and blues traveler and uh i went out to watch the spin doctors because i was a huge fan you do by the way yeah but i didn't I was know in, you in you high school it. and uh, around here though right they're right from uh, new york Okay, but they play around here a lot though, right? Like, um, yeah. Yeah. And
0: uh they're based by the way on that. There's albums that like two prints. Like I remember listening to that bass and being like, Wow, that thing really pops, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. The, the record the way they recorded bass then.
1: And they're all they have all their original members now. I guess. Do they really? yeah mm-hmm. So anyway, they're they're out there and they're they're killing it. And uh you know, one of my friends comes out and he goes, Yeah, they're uh, they're wheeling someone down no from backstage. You know, the paramedics are are bringing someone down. He's like I they won't let me back there right now because they're bringing them down the, you know, down from the upstairs the yeah. uh, dressing room. But I think it might be Michael. And I was just like, in my heart sank. What
0: time is this right now?
1: This is a half hour before we're going on. No. The spin doctors are playing. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm just getting a quick fix, and I'm going to start warming up, and then it's time for me mm-hmm. to play. And I'm getting this news. And I try to go backstage, and they're like, no, the paramedics are bringing someone down. You can't go in. And I'm like, um, oh, the band. no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And then I get a text from my tour manager. Uh... Full band in the dressing room now. Oh, man. And then what happened? So we go up there, and she's kind of in hysterics. And uh, at that point, I'm like, I, it, it is Michael. And she says uh, "He they, they took his vitals, and his blood pressure was so high that he was in risk of having a stroke. Holy shit. Um, the paramedics, and the paramedics at Red Rocks, their job is to do anything it takes to make sure the show goes on. And they said to him, you're not playing. They said, if you go out there and try to sing, you might burst something in your brain. So they're like, in fact, we have to get you off of this hill into the hospital now. And, A half uh, hour before showtime. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all backstage kind of going, oh, man, this sucks. Now yeah. we have to cancel. And the promoter at Red Rocks was kind of like, "You know, is there anything you can do? Because it's not going to be good if we go out yeah. there now and say, you guys aren't you guys playing. You got to go, yeah. So um, Liz... And she was so brave that day. Um, she came up with the idea that she was going to handle a lot of the singing duties. Now she usually only sings the backup parts, uh-huh. and but she knows a lot of the lyrics, yeah. you know. And uh, she just real quickly put on a guitar, and uh, she worked with some of the other guys in the band and learned some of the chords mm-hmm. on guitar real quick. And then she you know practiced some of the vocals. We also did two Rusted Root songs that normally aren't played live. They're two songs that she wrote. Okay. Um, so it was kind of cool in that way because So he wasn't at the show. How did at, I, not, I saw the pictures online. I'm like, this looks like a great time. I had No idea. <laughs> well, he was. He wasn't. No, he was in the hospital while we were wow. playing. And we didn't even know how he was. So you got to imagine we're yeah, out on stage. The show, yeah. You know, we don't even know the condition that he's in. So, um, yeah. So she she showed us these songs. So we're learning the songs. We're listening to the songs on headphones Within and stuff, writing minutes, the chords yeah. out. It kind of felt like my uh, my first show with them again. Yeah, right. So we're like, you know, charting things out real quick, and she's learning chords and she's kind of figuring out some of the melodies and and uh, and you know, we just kind of got through it. We we shortened our set a little bit. Spin Doctors made their set a little bit longer, mm-hmm. um, but then there was a, a point in the show where Chris, the singer of Spin Doctors, mm-hmm. He came out and sang "Suspicious Minds" by Elvis with us, okay, which we cool. do—we do our own cover mm-hmm. of it. He came out and sang it, and it, this is one of the few moments I remember of the show because it was so surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's this intro part. I'm doing this Latin beat, and uh, he he turns around and he's looking at me, waiting for his cue to when to start singing. And I'm just there like, uh, let the singer in the spin doctors is. I'm in a band with yeah. the guy from the spin doctors <laughs> right now. Yeah. And I, and there was a couple times in the song where he was he was you know listening to me He's and winning. looking at me yeah. for like when to sing when to drop out stuff like that and that was like I just like this is, is, this is so strange but you counted him in and you got it right yeah, yeah yeah I know everything was great yeah and uh, again you can see this stuff on YouTube you know when he came out and sang like, it, pretty much all this stuff is, is out there that's what's up um, and then later uh, John Popper came out and played harmonica on one. Of so them. the crowd
0: is aware of what happened yeah, we, to Michael we, right we came
1: out and made the announcement and you know it's not uncommon there mm-hmm. um, people with Red Rocks were like yeah I mean it wasn't you know it wasn't what you normally hear of a rusted root show but it was mm-hmm. something something different, different for the fans something yeah. special And
0: see I love hearing stories like that I mean sometimes when you go see a show and it's exactly what you expected it's forgettable yeah you know what i mean like
1: yeah so yeah i mean so when i say i don't really remember much of that show yeah I, uh, that rush of, yeah, of learning the nerves, songs yeah. and the nerves and not knowing you know how my friend was doing mm. in the hospital because yeah. we didn't find out till after uh, And how was he
0: his blood pressure got back to normal right? so, yeah
1: pretty much once he he got to the hospital and they were able to uh you hook him to an IV and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He he stabilized a lot, but during the show we didn't know that, and it was just about getting through it. And there was a, you know we're in front of ten thousand people, yeah, sold yeah. out, yeah, and uh, playing songs that none of us knew. <laughs> yes, you made it work out, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> apparently.
0: It's really as we discussed prior to recording. It's really it really comes down to the drums, really, because if the drums <laughs> messed up, the whole band messes up. There's no way around it, really, right? Yeah. There's only one date there.
1: It was one date, yeah. And then our next show, uh, we that was just a, we flew out there and played the show. Mm-hmm. Our next show was uh, north of Boston, and we were we were literally right above. Wow, the you guys
0: o- trek from all the way over there to north of Boston, and he just almost had a stroke. Like, is he okay? Like, <laughs> the
1: next morning, he was He was clear to fly. To go. <laughs> so our next show is right. It was uh, right near Boston. We we're right above the ocean. Oh this, wow! Um, the way the stage was, it was like we were in this club that kind of extended out over the beach and when it was high tide the ocean would come in underneath the club and we were so our stage was literally 30 feet above sea level so michael felt a lot better (laughs)
0: yeah that must have been intense like to travel like like that like all the way across and stuff like that and he was fine the next day right Mm -hmm. all right let's take a listen to one of the songs that zill had to perform without the assistance of michael Gablicki here on the
1: bobcast
2: For no friend I know The tea.
0: Also saw online is that Rusty Root made it up to
1: Alaska. Uh, I've never; It's one of the states I've never been to. What can you tell me about it? Yeah, it was the same for me, too. Uh, I'm pretty much, before we went to Alaska, I was down to two states left that I haven't been to yet. Mm-hmm. It's Alaska and Hawaii.
0: Oh, you're lucky you've been to all of them. Though. Yeah. Did you play Montana?
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I played there, but I've definitely you've been, been there. there. That's cool. Yeah. I think I spent a night there. Um, but, yeah, some people say Alaska and Hawaii are the two hardest to get to if not the most expensive ones Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I'm down to Hawaii now but um, yeah Alaska well as we were saying earlier um, we flew out to Denver just to do that Mm -hmm. one show and we flew out Um, we do a lot of that we do a lot of fly dates Mm -hmm. Um, and (laughs) we got booked for two shows out in Alaska and um, where were you playing? um, we were in um, geez like I said it's all a blur we were in um, Homer Anchorage we did we flew 30 to days Anchorage you uh, <laughs> look it up. Anyway um, we'll get back to you on that.
0: It's okay I, you know I'm not Carmen San Diego. you're in Alaska <laughs> it's good it's good for me it works. <laughs>
1: um, so yeah but it, it took three flights to get mm-hmm. out to Alaska. Wow each one gets a little bit smaller and um, you know most of us had gotten up. In whatever parts of the country we live in we have one guy in uh, New Orleans I'm Philly the rest of bands in Pittsburgh and we had all gotten up around like 3 o'clock in the morning I think to to get to our respective airports Mm -hmm. and through the course of those three flights and then getting there we go right to sound check Um, we have like two or three hours off until showtime we went Mm -hmm. on at like 11 o'clock at night it was outdoor show still sunny out at 11 o'clock so at night, because this, this is August that we're yeah. playing. here. It. still completely sunny. It looks like what it would look like around 6 o'clock in the summertime here in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we play the show, get done the show, you know, load out and everything. And by the time we were done the show, everyone in the band had been up for 24, 25 hours with the four-hour time. Difference. So we're just like, whoa, you're just so tired. You know, we got done, got back to our hotels at like 1 o'clock in the morning, Alaska mm-hmm. time. And then had to wake up again at five o'clock to catch two flights. Alaska's so big, yeah. You know, and it's and there's, there's a lot of places that you you can't even get to without flying because you have to go over mountains or over water or something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, we had two flights to the next show, and then um, th- actually the second flight was only twenty minutes long. It's one of these little like twenty passenger. Yeah, I
0: was in one of those from propeller the Caribbean to Puerto Rico once. There was chickens. There was chickens on the plane <laughs> in the cages. I swear to God,
1: just like in the movies. But beautiful flights. I mean, you're you're flying over glaciers and all kinds of stuff. But this 20 minute flight, just to give you an example, um, the next day we we made the drive back Mm -hmm. and it was a four hour drive. Oh, wow. To cover what we did in 20 minutes in the plane, just because of how it winds around mountains. But it was, yeah, it was super beautiful. Um, You know, we stopped off at this one glacier park and uh, had a snowball fight in August. (laughs) That's weird. Yeah
0: so let me ask you a question like all these play dates are so, like are you using this, the venue's with backlines, or are you like having somebody like ship your
1: now when we do fly dates like that um, mm-hmm. we have mostly rented backline. Mm-hmm. we have like a wish list of what, you get to specify what you this is you yeah. know, this is what mm-hmm. we play I, I specify what size cymbals and what size drums mm-hmm. and specific drum companies and, and stuff like that um, you know 20 percent of the time maybe i get what i asked for yeah so what's that like? i mean like
0: you know obviously it's difficult to explain to somebody who doesn't play drums or guitar but like when you're playing a foreign set of you know skins is it is it difficult or it is
1: it's difficult um especially if you don't get the size of the drums that you yeah. like because sometimes that changes the angles or or how you have to play to hit you the drums been, yeah. you know if, i i'm not a very tall person so i like to use smaller drums mm-hmm. so that i'm not like having to stand up to hit toms and Dave stuff
0: style hitting them
1: toms <laughs> <cymbals>. <laughs> so sometimes i go to these shows and sure sure enough they have a nice big tom for really? me so like i'm my playing is all different i'm reaching up to hit yeah. the tom by the end of the show my shoulders are killing you gotta me. make it work right yeah I mean, yeah or you change your plan and you know sometimes yeah. it's fun too sometimes you come up with different things you know sometimes yeah. you just fall into old habits mm-hmm. you do the same fill that you always do or something like that well that fill's not going to work because i can't reach the drum yeah i got to do something that's a little slower and all of a sudden like wow that sounded cool you know? so it's a yeah so i mean it can process you know you, you can look at it positively so what
0: drums do you like if you could what do you got downstairs what do you like to play
1: well i like to play skip back drums <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah.
0: Tell, tell everybody
1: about skip back drums uh, well that's a company out of skip Back, Pennsylvania which is right right here outside of Philadelphia mm-hmm. uh, a buddy of mine Jason DeLiberto, uh started the company mm-hmm. uh, I guess originally he was restoring old drums he would he would find that's cool. he would find drums that were in need of repair and, and just start working on them and then he got into, to building himself and then he got into this idea of why don't I make these great? Uh, custom drums for people that not only are made out of wonderful wood and uh, hardware and accessories but also get these elaborate artwork done with it. So, um, he's got an in-house artist who does these great hand drawings. Mm-hmm. So, so my kit, which is called uh, La Katrina, is all sugar skulls. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just, a, it's a beautiful kit and it sounds great. And, What's the origin of the name? Um, you know, you have to kind of look that up. I When I was... When we were looking for names, there's there's a whole like sugar skull story behind um, that in La Katrina. Mm-hmm. So if you actually like Wikipedia, it would, you'd do it more justice. But um, it has something to do with the whole origin of sugar. Paul Keane, he has a song
0: uh, I like to Wikipedia. I think we should get Paul right now. If you're listening, please phone in. And let us know what's got, going on. Yeah, you, he, what's his uh, song called? Uh,
1: I want to know everything. Yeah, that's it. I want to. You heard me it. And it's, to and it's about China. Like,
0: okay, I'm kind of the same way with Wikipedia. I my wife's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm just looking something up real quick. I need to find out who this person was, the supporting cast member of, you know, some sort." Well, there you go. Of...
1: Look up La Katrina, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll you'll find out some stuff about sugar skulls and mm. sort of folklore. So
0: you you have this like this kit, and this is your go to symbols. Like, what type of symbols do you enjoy?
1: Oh, Zildjian, mm-hmm. which is kind of the origin of my name.
0: <laughs> For real? That's where it came from. Yeah.
1: Yeah, actually. I thought it was
0: just because of the festzler. <laughs> like, I thought it was that. Okay, so it's the, the symbol. That makes no. much more sense.
1: Yeah, no, uh, actually. That's two
0: things I have that are completely not correct. I also had the Pepper's Ghost idea years ago that yeah. Pepper, uh, you can find out more on episode one I wait, about the murderer slash insane <laughs> man that live in our neighborhood. Uh, I thought your band Pepper's Ghost was named after him, and then Zill, festzler, but... I yeah, told you that. So, I
1: started using that story. What that's a b-
0: way better story yeah. there, right? I mean, I want to write a movie about this guy, but I don't know like how much I could like literally get out there about him. But this guy, real quick, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I mean, he drove a hearse in the 80s and the early 90s. He had a skull in there with Nazi propaganda around it. He was known for apparently um, burning his own house down and laughing outside of it. With my, and that he stole the battery out of my mom and dad's car. Um <laughs> And lots of kids would, like, like, go and, like, try to, like, look in his house. And then, like, he would scream at them. Uh, one well, time as a that's kid... that's understandable. He, but st- <laughs> like, he had this evil look to him. And I can't I can't really decipher if it was, like, my imagination that was doing it or if it was, like, something else completely. But, like, this one specific time, like, I was at two houses down from his. And he was in the hearse. He was sitting there. I think he was smoking a cigarette. And he just stared at me the whole time. And I, it looked like his face was, like, like <laughs> becoming a skull. And, like, I was, like, I ran over to my mother... <laughs> I was like, Pepper's scaring me again.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I used to have to deliver him newspapers. I mean, he still kept Mm -hmm. up with the times Herald. Yeah, he did. He (laughs) wanted to know
0: what was going on, right? Just in case he made the news. I guess uh, obituaries. But yeah, I mean, what a weird... Eventually, he committed suicide in his house. And then I've mentioned once before in the show, I'm really sorry, Token, if you're listening to this, that I told you when you were a little boy (laughs) that someone killed themselves in your bedroom. I'm really, really sorry about that. I'm still sorry. That should have never happened. I was, uh... Punk-ass
1: teenager. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Zill uh, came from, well, you know, when I was in high school is when it started. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back then you just kind of, mm-hmm. you're kind of showing off. You want everybody to know that you play an instrument. Yeah. So I'd always had like some sort of Zildjian T-shirt or Zildjian mm-hmm. jacket that set it on there. And a, a good friend of mine, um, well, he, is ne- he became a good friend. Back then he was new to the school. Mm-hmm and uh he just never knew any of the answers to any of the tests and he sat behind me mm-hmm. so to get my and he didn't know my name yet mm-hmm. so to get my attention he would say you know so, nice. so. Mm-hmm. and then of course people around me started calling me that who's just, this uh his, his name was michael moore he, he has since passed okay. um but yeah that name just kind of stuck like my friends started calling me that and then started okay. moving into the music world and now i think uh more people call me that than don't <laughs> could it just be zill like prince just like that's it, you, it know? you know it was that way for a long time but then yeah. um i think finally facebook broke that because you yeah, kind of have you to had, you had to have a last name and uh, facebook in general let's do a <laughs> tangent
0: real quick i mean facebook oh god why has it become such a place of i don't know how to describe it anymore i mean the colors the blue and the white i just like i don't even want to go there no more <laughs> I want to go to Instagram where I can feel I can be an artist. I can express myself. But Facebook, I feel as if everyone's either judging or yelling or like... I mean, this week, you know, we obviously... What was it? Two, was it last weekend or the weekend before where that asshole shot everybody out there in Las Vegas? You mm-hmm. know? And like the way people are responding to it on Facebook, it's like clearly divided right down the middle, you know? And as like a... I, I guess I haven't spoken about it on the on the, the podcast. I mean, that just sucks that live music has to go through something like that because it's something that we all enjoy you know we all love going to concerts and stuff like that and like now i'm not sure if i'm gonna go to an outside you know i mean like people Mm -hmm. start to feel that way and it really shouldn't be that at all and it's just like i think like ever since 1999 post columbine like shit just went nuts Mm -hmm. and i have a distinctive feeling that the media social media all that isn't necessarily responsible but it has something to do with it, you know, like something along the way kind of like just made people like start to crack up.
1: Yeah. I mean, also, when you when you promote someone, I, I guess this past one, that was the what were they calling it? Like the, the worst one in modern history or something.
0: It's like a tally. It's a scorecard. You so know now I mean? like,
1: now you're and, you, and they, everyone knows who did it. You know, mm-hmm. And then they do stories on him, and then they start interviewing his family. They s- essentially become celebrities. Yeah. So
0: then, I, I don't like that. I don't think they should say the person's name. I don't think, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to know about the person's name. Like.
1: I mean, you're you're essentially setting up someone else. Yeah, you're okay, making well, him now, a Mark David Chapman, Now I'm going to outdo it. Yeah, you know, yeah It's like, like, now I'm going to go out and, and be the worst one in modern history.
0: I just so. don't get it. I mean, like, also, too, like, with Facebook, too, like, I get it. Guns, you know what I mean. People like to have their guns, but like you know, when they wrote the Second Amendment, it took a minute, full minute to load a rifle, one round. Now you can what fire off five hundred to six hundred with a bump stock. And it's like, look, I mean, that shit was like you know, long, long time ago, like you know. <laughs> yeah. But like, I get it though. Like, so I don't really try to like post stuff about it because it's like you know, like it would be like me saying like I'm gonna go downstairs and compensate all your drums, you know, or like mm-hmm. something that you love, you know, like people don't want to have that discussion, and I feel as if you know that's that's a waste, but. Yeah. Um, it is what it is, but I mean, I uh, come to think of it, I mean, I won't stop going to see shows, but there won't be a show where I go to or where I, I'm not thinking that, you know, yeah. like, and that's, that's upsetting, you know, like, and I just think it shouldn't happen, you know, and I think that something should be done, you know, there yeah. needs to be different measures for something, but enough of the political talk, but... And that's it, Facebook, guys. It is Facebook. I mean, Facebook really between
1: that and, and exposing my last name... Seriously, it's, just, it's out of, hand. of bitches. Dude. Facebook, you're out of hand.
0: We've lost it, Facebook. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, they also had the Russians. They were letting the Russians advertise, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just become a mess. Like, people using, like, live videos for things that are completely inappropriate, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. I mean, it's going to get worse, though. But I don't know what the next generation is going to be like, you know? I mean, I imagine everyone's going to be walking around like this with their, like, you know? But, I mean, it's it's addictive, but it's it's alarming at the same time. But, I mean... I just wish, too, that, like, back to the music, I wish this social media, you know, like, I've said this before, like, I'll post a picture of my son, and my son's really cute, but I'll get, like, you know, sometimes 400 likes, but then I'll post a song or something that I've written, and I'll get, like, six to ten, and I know a bunch of people see it, but, like, it's an ongoing trend with, like, a bunch of musicians that I follow, mm-hmm. they don't get many likes, mm-hmm. I always like somebody's stuff, you know, and I feel as if... Facebook, social media and stuff like that could help. I miss MySpace for that reason. MySpace if you, if Pepper's Ghost posted a show, everybody saw that mm-hmm. in the bulletins. you know what I mean? Like it was mm-hmm. like it was open season for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I missed that type of, you know, like free market, if you mm-hmm. will. Like I don't pay for ads or anything like that. I just yeah, well, That's I why that's, they're doing it, man. Yeah, that yeah, the but algorithms that's just, that's, and, it's sick, yeah. you know? Um, So, you're still the drummer of Pawn Shop Roses as well, right? You guys still doing things? Yeah, yeah. Music video I saw, like, recently?
1: Yeah, yeah. Legacy Lens. Um, She, uh, this is Bryn, she put together a uh, video for us. Um, It kind of started out as a portfolio builder, um, but it just grew into something much Mm -hmm. more. And um, she had come and asked us if if, um, she could use one of our songs. Mm -hmm. And She had had been listening to the album in her car, and... um, just kind of was listening to a particular song, Please Don't Tear the Old House Down, mm-hmm. and immediately an image came into her mind of a video that wasn't necessarily following mm-hmm. the, the lyrics of the song or anything, just something about the words and, and the, the melody uh, kind of painted a picture of a storyline. Mm-hmm. And uh, she carried it all the way out. She came up with the idea, um, storyboard it, uh, talked to us about it, we were cool with it, and... Um, shot the whole thing ourselves no budget got extras and where was this on location a lot of it was uh, shot in um, like Fishtown near and Rocky right in Kensington
0: did you shoot at Rocky
1: we shot right at right at the uh, fictional location of the gym yeah Mickey's gym
0: right yeah underneath yeah. the L you guys are like sitting against the wall or something yeah, right? yeah.
1: and uh, you know we're just we're just kind of like busking on the street and um, yeah. we actually made a little money like uh, some pe- yeah. some people came by while we were filming and threw money in our guitar keys. Yeah,
0: you know, I've been meaning to go do that recently. I was like, you know, I should go busk. It's been like maybe like 17 years or something. Like, yeah. It's just be fun, you know? Yeah. like uh, You guys also filmed at the Great uh, Room. Yeah. Uh, shout out yeah. to Scooter. Uh, Scooter was one of the first people to give me an online plug on their website. Mm-hmm. Uh, always love Scooter. You know, uh, he's just so fun to be around. You know, like when you play a show there, he's at the bar, he's watching you, he's mm-hmm. a fan of music.
1: And he's got a few cameos in our video. Yeah,
0: he does, he does, yeah. And he's a great drummer, too. You've, you've, you remember his band, right? Oh, yeah. Um,
1: Stargazer Lily. Yeah. Star- yeah. They did
0: a, are they doing a reunion show? They or did that- a
1: reunion um, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. They played down a Milk Boy. What's
0: the chances of a reunion show for Pepper's Ghost? <laughs> like, scale one, like, you know, like, zero to 100%, 100% being we're going to do it. The latter, you tell me.
1: Uh, 10% maybe? So,
0: so, so I, here's a question, right? So Pepper's Ghost goes away but then there was another band uh two d's and a derby derby der- trials derby trials right yeah.
1: how long did that was that one album or was that we basically put put together we did a lot of recording but as far as what we released to the public was only uh like a four or five song ep now was with
0: the brothers right now yes. they run like an italian like thing or something like that. yeah they, they got
1: a, they got a couple well they had a couple stores now they're down to one but they have a food truck it's doing really well oh, too. Yeah, they're doing a food truck yeah okay. mm-hmm. monasano brothers Okay. Yeah. Check
0: them out online. Yeah, I, I mean, I asked just because I mean, I it's, I think I saw you guys a handful of times. I think one of the last times was at the the old Grape Room, you know, by the river. Mm-hmm. And you guys had like the twelve o'clock slot. We were on eleven, and I remember thinking like these guys knew how to dress. They knew how to play rock and roll, you know. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> but yeah, it was like one of my favorite acts to see. You know, yeah. and, um,
1: a lot of guys from that band um, went on to do a lot of good things. Yeah, we were on drugs, right? Yeah, and it's uh, a yeah. You know, Dave, David Hartley, and, and As the bass player, right? Yeah, and then and Robbie Bennett. Pearl. See, I
0: know him as Evil Rob. I don't know Robbie Bennett. Well, he is evil. He's is we, know E.V. we know him as Sloppy.
1: We know him as Sloppy Rob. Okay, so what's that Be- all about? Uh, just because um, he would trip over his cables all the time. And, oh yeah. And he's just kind yeah. of like his equipment. Was, I'm saying that
0: from my perspective. I've done that before.
1: His equipment was always like malfunctioning, and mm. he didn't have things hooked up right. And then also the way he plays guitar. Cause he mm-hmm. played a lot of guitar in Pepper's Ghost. He's just doing keys on War on Drugs. Yeah, but he would just his hands would just be hitting the fretboard, just like, mm-hmm. yeah. and somehow these beautiful melodies were yeah. coming out of it. We didn't know like, while
0: wearing gloves. Yeah, if I yeah, you correctly, wearing like
1: right. fingerless gloves, and mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we we're just like, man, sloppy Robbie, man, just kind of. I never did that. But yeah, they they the two of them um, are in War on Drugs. We had mm-hmm. for a while uh, before David Hartley, We had Owen Biddle, who went on to join yeah. the Roots. Uh, he
0: he plays with Daru Jones the, the drummer I was telling you about he plays with um, I forget his name he's like an R&B singer he's really talented mm-hmm. um, yeah Owen's great he's actually recording right now um, Paris Monster I think you know Josh Dion
1: I don't drummer? no
0: have to share that with you you'd like that a lot hmm. but i ask about the reunion just because you know what i mean i'm a i'm a nostalgic guy even though tony soprano said once you know one of the least flattering forms of conversation is remember when but here in the bobcast we like to say remember <laughs> when um, yeah it's just that,
1: yeah it's just that um it's probably for
0: downtown harvest is probably even lower than that for <laughs> me right now but
1: yeah i mean sometimes some of those things are just better left in people's memories it the way true. they were yeah. you know just some you know you get get us back together and you know we're all probably a little bit older looking than we were then mm-hmm. and you know you just you kind of i think fans would they would want to come to the show to kind of relive it and then mm-hmm. it, you look at like even watching guns and roses last night it was kind of like well you know it's 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 cool i'm seeing these guys but mm-hmm. it's also like they're not, what they, they're not what they used to be yeah you do reach a point where you sometimes kind of go over the hill <laughs> no yeah. pun intended but um you know it's just kind of I, I think it, it's better left in people's memories and, and, and not not only that but uh, everyone's so busy doing other things yeah it's true you know we have trouble even sometimes getting together to, to have a drink yeah you know it's, it's just tough, yeah. just getting everybody in town and let alone having to have practices and remembering the songs mm-hmm. and promoting a show it's, it's just a lot of work
0: Pawn Shop's still going Pawn Shop actually played with Rusted Root at one of my all time favorite bars the Laguna Beach Bar and Grill in Brigantine right yeah I love that place uh, how did you guys like where, you played out on the beach there like yeah that's great
1: yeah they have a, a summer stage that mm-hmm. they set up that's a little bit bigger um, for uh, The place is great for like touring national acts but and yeah they gonna
0: start doing that more often now is that like yeah I think they are the summer they started yeah. right? like some sort of
1: um, they had a couple big acts that came through and mm-hmm. G Love was there in the beginning of the summer and um, yeah so it, <laughs> it was funny because originally I'm hearing you know I'm, I'm out on tour with Rusty Root and I'm hearing that uh the Punch-Up Roses are going to open up for Rusted Root. I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, <laughs> Wait, they didn't contact you? I'm like, I just, don't know anything about that. They just like, imagined you'd be there? So what I was hearing at first, that it was just going to be duo. It was just going to be Paul Keen mm-hmm. and, and I guess, uh, Jason on guitar or Kevin on guitar. And um, as time went on, I started hearing more about it being full band. And finally, they, one of the guys asked me, like, would you be cool playing the show or should we get, a, yeah. sh- should we get your sub? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play both. That felt like, good. You were warmed, warmed up in. then, right? Yeah, I, I was real warmed up.
0: <laughs> I was like, what, how long of a, of a it was like, what, 45 hours I think it
1: was, uh, it might have been an hour. It was mm-hmm. at least 45 minutes I'd play with Poncha. And then had to go play the uh, hour and 45 that I do with Rusted Root. Mm-hmm. I was tired at the end of the night, but it <laughs> mm-hmm. felt good when I went on for Rusted Root.
0: So you do all these things, and then, as I mentioned earlier, you got the school bus company. Like, how do you, you know, like, how do you go back? Like, the buses, like, they go to and fro. They need somebody to fix this, right? Like, you're the mechanic, right? Your dad taught you how to do it? Yeah,
1: I, I do a lot of the small mechanical work. Okay. I, I don't really get it. But into, there's a lot
0: of stuff that goes on with... Yeah.
1: Like, I repair broken headlights and... Still, you're, uh, you're fixing m- something. Mirrors yeah. that get banged off on branches <laughs> and stuff like that. So there's a lot
0: of, of stuff that happens to a school bus. I mean, I imagine so with the crazy kids and stuff. Like, you yeah, know, a I little, mean, I was yeah. a terror on the school bus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, it, with the way my company works, is it's after school sports. So there's usually oh, okay, so you're doing, usually okay. a coach on the bus, yeah, or field trips. There's yeah. chaperones and mm-hmm. stuff like that. We don't really do the actual school runs, so the buses are saved a little bit that way. But um, yeah, I mean, when they break down and stuff, it's kind of my job to figure out: mm-hmm. Are we going to get it towed, or can I go there and, and repair yeah. and put on a fuel filter and get it back? the other day we had one breakdown at a gas station <laughs> so I took the I took an SUV over and I towed it out with the chains yeah. <laughs> pulled it over to the mechanic but uh, that's actually what keeps me the most busy like people are like man you're touring yeah. so much you play so many shows I'm like it's, <laughs> like, it's <laughs> like it's nothing the compared <laughs> to, to what I have to do there you know we yeah. were supposed to do this podcast uh, last week yeah. and the yeah. same thing happened like I, I ended up having a couple things go wrong at work and yeah, I had <laughs> to reschedule with you um. And, and it's funny too because a lot of times we'll get done a, a, a Rusty Root Ru tour and, and somebody will be like oh man I can't wait to go home and relax you know mm-hmm. this has been tough and I'm like this has been my time this off, is right? my time <laughs> off where somebody <laughs> says
0: I'm going to miss this bus and you're be like no <laughs>
1: I mean I, now I'm going home to go to work
0: yeah yeah but your dad I think on episode 108, 108 your dad was the one who got the what's the name of the the ghost the white gray ghost the gray ghost right yeah but I remember, like as a kid, you guys always had buses back there. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was my dad's company before it was mine. Mm-hmm. He he started it in '82, and then um, and myself and my business partner purchased it in uh, two thousand fourteen. But uh, yeah, back back in the Pepper's Ghost days, we bought a bus off of him mm-hmm. um, that he was looking to sell, and we converted it to a tour bus. Where is that? Is that scrapped? It's probably, yeah, it's, there's probably pieces of it all over America.
0: <laughs> Some, somebody should have took that and, like, put it in the middle of the woods somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, somebody would come across the ghost and be like, what is this?
1: <laughs> that would be kind of like in, into the wild, right? Something like that, you know? <laughs> Someone I mean, like, would end put up it living in, in it. I get,
0: people around here would probably remove it, though, but, I mean, if you in the right spot, but...
1: <laughs> Alaska, that's where you got to put it.
0: You couldn't take it to the Narsan Farm Park. No, like, no, get that out of here. But, um... Yeah, I, I mean, as far back as I remember, you know, like, the last, epi- the last episode you were on talking about all sorts of different things, you know, like, the bus, um, K-Floor performing at that small little shop that was near Zaps, and then, like, basically K-Floor going through the 90s, thousands, Pepper's Ghost, um, Pawn Shop Roses, you know, a whole, whole bunch of different um, musical acts that you're associated with. So I was really pleased that you got this gig. I feel as if you deserve it. Um, yeah, and, and the
1: way it kind of all ties together mm-hmm. actually is that uh, Michael Glabicki of Rusted Root called my ex-manager Terry Tompkins of K-Floor mm-hmm. when they were looking for a drummer oh, so wow. he had called Terry Terry recommend- recommended me from working with me with K-Floor so that's I'll, full circle right yeah, there I'll, yeah <laughs> that's full karma right there yeah
0: but uh, I really appreciate you uh, reaching out coming back on the show um, mm-hmm. wish you much you're going back on a tour this Friday right
1: Friday the 13th yeah. I mean,
0: from <laughs> what I've heard, the tour—that may be your most luckiest tour. You might have the best show of your life on Friday. Yeah, but playing
1: BB Kings can't be that bad, right? So. So.
0: But uh, once again, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. This has been another episode of Bobcast. <laughs>